This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, every Thursday at this time, you know, we got John Clayton. He hangs out with us. It's the only place and time that you get to ask the professor questions yourself. Sponsored by Anna John Levine Accident Attorneys. Been injured in an accident? Call 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. He joins us in the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. Truly steps beyond convenience. John, good morning. How are you? Uh, good. How are you? We're good. So the let's start out with the local team, the Dolphins. They are in London this weekend. You get the early start. They're against a Saints team uh, who scored a, ton, scored a ton of points last weekend. You got the Dolphins who have as embarrassing a loss as you can have at New York where uh, they practically did not score. Uh, is, is, sat, is Sunday's loss to the Jets, is that a game-changing type of loss for the Dolphins where, hey, uh, you can't go and lose to one of the worst teams in football Maybe this Dolphin team just isn't very good. Uh, you don't want to make too many rash decisions in September because I think what we're seeing league-wide is that uh, because of the lack of time that you have to really prepare a team as far as hitting and all that, you, know, you don't want to make too many rash decisions. But that was a bad loss. Like, I don't know, did you come up with any highlights on Monday for the segment? Not I mean, because, a one. Uh, yeah, it, it had to be just absolutely awful and, and inexplainable because – they were so flat. So I wouldn't make any rash judgments, but you have to kind of wonder. I know Adam Gaze took blame, I guess, for his play calling, and uh, the offense had this, it was just absolutely awful. But, you know, it's baffling. But then now you go all the way to London, and you can see that, as the Baltimore Ravens found out, that's not a good thing necessarily to do because it's such a different venue. It's a, a drain as far as being able to uh, – you know, get your resources and go over there. So, you know, this this is just kind of a baffling uh, week, and, and then to follow it up with a London game, that's not necessarily a great thing. So are the Jets not as bad as we thought they were, or the Dolphins just that much worse than we thought they were? Well, they were worse that week. I mean, there's no question about it because, I mean, what what do you really see from the Jets? I mean, you see a team that's in the complete rebuilding process, more than a dozen starters that are – new, and then you throw into the mix that, you know, you got an old quarterback, an old running back, and not a lot of great movement on defense, not a lot of great speed on defense. No, they're, they're, they're pretty bad. I mean, you know, I, I, obviously by winning the game, that takes away a little bit of the tanking element to try to get a better quarterback in next year's draft. But, no, I don't, I don't think they're very good at all. And to lose to a team like the Dolphins is, I mean, to lose to like a Jets is just absolutely awful. John, were you shocked at the performance that Washington gave against Oakland, how dominant that defensive front was? Yeah, I will. well, I'm not to- totally shocked at anything that Washington does because I think they were a little bit better than people think. That's the impression I got uh, from training camp. You know, it's not like they're terrible. I mean, they've got some good qualities on defense. I mean, they've got Kirk Cousins. But uh, overall, uh, the-, the thing that kind of caught me cold was just how bad the Raider offense was because the Raiders were just absolutely pathetic. 
I mean, the drop passes by Amari Cooper, who leads the league in drop passes. You know, here's Derek Carr probably having one of the worst games of his career. That just caught me cold because, you know, in the first two games, when Oakland goes 2-0, and they played so well on defense, and that's the thing that I didn't think was very good, their defense. And yet everything just kind of fell apart in this game. Anything in that Detroit-Atlanta game, did anything create uh, any question marks for you on either team in terms of their abilities and, and how high people are rating them right now? Well, the the thing that is kind of uh, a little interesting with Atlanta is that, uh, you know, they're 3-0, and and yet they, they seem to do so well in the first half, but yet they keep putting themselves in a position where they let teams come back in the second half. We saw that in the Super Bowl. We see that during the regular season. But, no, I, I thought because, again, they've added now pretty good talent on the defensive side with the three draft choices from last year and then what they've been able to add in veterans and, and rookies this year, I think they're pretty good. In Detroit, it's just that uh, they always put themselves in the same position. They're trailing in the fourth quarter. In this case, it looked like they were able to get the game-winning touchdown, but it did not work. And, uh, you know, you keep playing with that fire of trying to be a comeback team in the fourth quarter. This one won against them. What do you make of that rule there late in the game where Detroit scores the touchdown, they review it, he was down, they do the 10-second runoff, game over. Is that a bad rule? What do we make of that? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad rule because, again, I think that you have to have the, the type of things that are there because, I mean, that's just the way the rule is. But what I thought was kind of crazy is that it, it, the officials should have managed it better because in many ways they should have been able to get it back to the Lions that would have one more play because when you look at the, uh, the way the play went, okay, now Golden Tate was not in the end zone. Okay, that we were able to see it. But they should have been able to find a way to recognize it enough and then give them one more chance at the ball. So I think there was a little bit of management on the official side that did not work, and it really cost the Lions. Yeah, like I, I got a hard time. With, would they have been able to get off another play, seven seconds left? I don't know. But I got a hard time with one way or another if they ruled it down or if they ruled it a touchdown, if the officials are going to do a, do a review, okay, that that's automatically the last play of the game because they didn't have any timeouts left and you got the 10-second run. That, that just rubs me the wrong way that no matter what, either way, if the officials are going to review, that's the last play of the game. I just, that, that just doesn't sit well with me, you know? Yeah, and, and that's the thing because, again, it's the fact they didn't get in the end zone, uh, now that they don't get the official review and then they get the 10-second runoff, and that I, don't, I think has to be kind of fixed up because I don't think that's real fair to the Lions. Okay, yeah. so they have a great play or a play that looks like it's going to go in, then you know, he's about a year, half a yard short, and uh, you know they, they really should have had one more chance to try yeah. to get in because all they needed to do was to be able to, you know, it's what, seven, eight seconds left, you know, get the snap and then throw it down to the ground and then take one more chance. They should have had the one more chance. The Jets weren't the only upset of the weekend. You had the Saints winning. You had the Bears winning, the Bills winning. You had the Jaguars winning. Do any of those games really stand out to you as indicative of, of moving forward? Not really. I mean, in the case of the Bears, I mean, that's just the Steeler trait. They just play bad against some bad teams. They do this one or two times a year. They'll take an inferior team and play to their level and end up uh, losing that game. That's on them. Now they're blaming the national anthem debate. Uh, that may be a little bit much, but that's something that has been there. In the case of the Jaguars, I mean, there's a distinct advantage when Jacksonville goes over to uh, London now. I mean, because they are the London team, I guess you could say, because they agreed to go uh, at least now until 2020. But they go over there, and then Baltimore, you know, you, you, have, you decide you fly late, you fly early, and they flew late, 
and it ended up paying the price. And I know that John Harbaugh was so mad about the whole situation, he vows not to ever get his team to go over there again. But, uh, you know, you, you look at Jacksonville. They're here in the States. Blake Bortles has a low-scoring game or can't do much or has a bad game. Now he goes over there. He had, uh, what, 32 points in the previous two years, a game, 64 points in two years, and then gets 44 points in the Ravens. And the Ravens go over there and look lethargic and terrible. So there's a distinct advantage that they're gaining by having their games in London. And that's, again, where I think that it uh, is a, a good move eventually to get a team in London. I, I wonder about that. There's, there's such an advantage with flying and everything else. John, I got a little bit of a two-parter here, and I know that you're on the sidelines now this year, and, and, you, and you have a little bit of a closer viewer vantage point when it comes to the players and how this whole knee thing is going on, especially in Seattle being like one of the first teams to react to this, uh, the head coach stepping up, grabbing his players, and, and locking arms. I, I believe they were one of the first teams to do so on the Sunday. Um, have you been able to see anything on the sideline that is like almost taking away from the game itself, like orchestrating stuff in the locker room. Have you heard anything out of players' mouths? Is it like a, a little bit of a disheveled organization on the sideline? And how come we haven't really heard from, from owner Paul Allen on this? We've heard from a lot of other owners. Yeah, but Paul, I mean, he, st- he stays so far away. I mean, he hasn't gone to an owner's meeting. Well, he's gone to one owner's meeting in maybe the last 10, 15, 10 years. So you're not going to hear from him. That's just not his nature. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't see anything on the sidelines because both the Tennessee Titans and the Seattle Seahawks stayed in the locker room. So there was nothing really visible for me to see because uh, they took that tact. And so I think what has to now be a debate as to where this is going to go. And remember, in Seattle, uh, the Seahawks have been, you know, probably one of the, more, the teams that have been more socially active in the uh, complaints and the protests and all that because Michael Bennett has been speaking out for it for more than a year. Doug Baldwin has joined in. I mean, they're probably uh, you know, you're more educational. But I think the one debate has to come down, okay, at some point, do you take the players out of the equation in the anthem and just have the anthem done uh, before the game and just don't have it uh, where you know, you're, you're, you're having the players have to make decisions. Okay, do I go ahead and do I stand or what yeah. do I do? Do I... So I, I thought I'm kind of wondering, and pro- more than likely because of the way the reaction is, they're not going to do anything now because they're going to feel they're being too proactive because they're uh, trying to react to this stuff. But, again, I mean, the simple thing that the NFL can do is just not have the players. You can have the anthem. You can do all those different things. Just don't have the players involved. You can get in your questions here for John, 786-360-0790. It's the only time and place that you get to ask the professor any of your football questions. John, we'll put you on hold. We'll take some calls, all right? All right, sounds good. All right, hang on, John. So that's John Clayton. Again, he joins us every Thursday at this time. He is brought to us here courtesy of Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Get in your calls right now. You can line up for the professor at 786-360-079. You can also text in. Maybe that's easier on the Coral Springs Automobile Kia text line 67974. That's next. All right, let's give away tickets to see Scorpions and Megadeth at the BB&T Center on October 14th. Tickets are available right now at Ticketmaster.com. They're together for the first time, all right? So Scorpions and Megadeth right now. Call number five in the contest line. 
786-534-0790. John Clayton is here with us. You can get in your questions. Text line's the easiest, and the Coral Springs Automobile Kia text line at 67974. And, of course, John is presented to us by Anna Jarn Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. You know, I saw, John, that the NFL is close to finalizing a deal with Justin Timberlake, to to do the to return to the Super Bowl halftime show for this year, does, does that meet your approval? We know you're a big music fan. What do you make of Timberlake? Well, well first off, I'm excited that Megadeth is going to be in town. That's got to be fantastic. You yep. got to be able to go see that. Yep. that's great. No, but uh, you know, having seen Justin Timberlake uh, do some stuff at Jerry Jones's party at the Hall of Fame, a uh, little bit better than I thought. So. I think that's a, that's a pretty good sign. It's like I, I didn't realize that uh, you know, he's as good as he really is, but he gave a great show there. I'm sure that he's going to give a great show at the Super Bowl. John, do you know if these guys still have to pay to perform? Because I remember the last couple of years, these people have been paying to actually perform at the Super Bowl. Uh, knowing how the way that you know this, Brad, it's like the way the NFL operates. If they've had them pay before, they'll probably have them pay now. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing now. I think so they got to pay to do it. I think so. Oh, okay. Do you have John? Yeah, do isn't you, that wild? Yeah, do, John. Do you have? Uh, I mean, look, you're busy during the Super Bowl. I get yeah. that, but but you've probably caught clips before. Like, do you do you have a favorite Super Bowl halftime act? Is has there been any that have stood out to you? Um. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I think what Michael Jackson was fantastic. Uh, his, his sister was fantastic, uh, particularly with the wardrobe issue that he had. That was yeah. that was amazing. Very amazing. So I think those are my two favorites. All right, very good. All right, let's uh, again. We can take in some questions. Six seven nine seven four. You can text in your questions for John Clayton. Yeah. Now, John, yesterday, uh, Lawrence Timmons, Dolphins linebacker. He, you know, you got the report last week where he visited the Steelers on his off week, which is obviously extremely unusual. He showed up to the Steelers practice extremely unusual and and reportedly told players wishes he never left uh should have stayed in pittsburgh now the dolphins reinstated him a couple days ago i think that's surprising yesterday he spoke with the media and every question john i don't know if you saw it but every question was answered by lawrence timmons with uh i'm just glad to be here i'm glad to be a miami dolphin that it was like the marshawn lynch thing okay and so as as a member of, of the press like yourself He's getting peppered with question after question, and he's given the same happy to be a Miami Dolphin, happy to be here answer. Does, does he owe any type of explanation to the media in this spot? Like, like what should be happening there? Well, I mean, I think he more owes an explanation to the team because he left his team in a bad state. I mean, first off, they've been on the road for a week. You know, they've got a bad situation with the hurricane. You know, you got a lot of people on the team, you know, and, and particularly you bring in a Lawrence Timmons to be a leader. Well, how do you leave when you walk away from your team the way that he did and then not explain it? I'm sure he's had some, many conversations with the front office. I don't know if he did enough to talk to his teammates. But, no, I think that uh, more is going to be needed, even though it looks like he's not going to be able to give it back. Hey, listen, it's like it's one thing to be, you know, uh, sad that you left the team and you want to go back. But again, you've got a new team and you get two years, $12 million to be, you know, a guy that's supposed to help lead your defense. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't bring in a veteran like that if he didn't have leadership ability. And to be able to kind of turn a cold shoulder like that, you know, be more involved in himself, I just think that's very bizarre. And, uh, you know, particularly you're on the eve of a game, you're out there on the West Coast. I mean, you're 
ready to fly to Pittsburgh, and the next thing you know, the the, the team has to put out a, a report, a missing persons report to do it. No, I just find that, I mean, I think more is going to be needed for him, and I don't know if you can mend that wound. To me, if you're going to be a defensive linebacker and you're going to be a guy that's going to be a leader on the team, how do you lead when you pull a trick like that? John, would you continue to ask questions, or would you just leave it alone? Because it bothers me that the media members find it, like, almost – almost like a must that you got to keep asking this guy questions, even though he's going to give you the same damn answer. Yeah, but I think you have to keep asking because, again, it's like, uh, you know, uh, if he's taking that tact, it's okay. So, or, you know, you just ask, it's like, why are we answering the questions the same way? Because, you know, you got to keep firing away because, I mean, I mean, if the answers were insufficient. And so the only way that you can try to see if you can get a sufficient answer is to keep asking the questions. But, of course, after a certain point, you recognize, oh, this is the way you're going to handle this. Okay, we're not happy with that. But, uh, no, I think you just keep asking the questions because, I mean, I think it's more embarrassing to him than anything else that he's not trying to fully answer the questions. Because, you see, you dealt with Marshawn Lynch, okay? And Marshawn Lynch just straight up didn't want to be there. He didn't want to talk. But it's right. not like there was a it's not like there was a specific topic to broach with Marshawn Lynch. He just straight up doesn't want to talk to the media. In this spot with Lawrence Simmons, there is a story here. So, uh, I mean, like if you were in the press conference yesterday with Lawrence Simmons, he's got to give you a something right i think so yeah well i mean again the more important thing is what he gives back to the team you know his teammates in the front office as far as okay so why did this happen what's what's going on here but i think he also you know because again it's not just answering the questions for the media it's answering the questions for the dolphin fans i mean if you're a dolphin fan and you're saying okay so you you spend two years 12 million dollars on lawrence timmons are you getting somebody that really wants to be here? Are you getting somebody that's really going to help this team? And then, okay, so they got by the, the previous game with a victory. Well, then you see the flat performance against the Jets. Now, obviously, he can't be responsible for that, but also he didn't play. And the reason he didn't play is because he's suspended. And so his absence didn't necessarily mean that they lost, but it sure didn't help the team win. Yeah, I agree. The, you know, the media is a conduit for the fans, and, and I think he owes the fan base some kind of explanation. All right, let's, let's, let's move on here. We got a couple questions here uh, on the text line six seven nine seven four. John, do you have any update on, on my quarterback Sam Bradford for the Vikings? It's a day by day thing. I know he didn't practice yesterday. They uh, today I think is going to be the pivotal day as it was last week. If he doesn't practice, the, the good news it's not a serious injury. He went back to see James Andrews and found out it's more of a bone bruise than anything else. So it's a week by week thing. So if he practices today, then I think he'll play, uh, but no guarantee. What is the uh, what's the status of Doug Martin? When will he be back? Another texter asks. Well, I think uh, he should be able to be back. What uh, this week? Because it was a three three game suspension. So uh, if not this week, it'll be next week. A texter writes in. Uh, what are your thoughts on Joe Flacco? Uh, just a bad performance. Like uh, that's the entire team. Now the thing that's kind of interesting is that uh, what you're not seeing is Joe Flacco being the Joe Flacco that he's supposed to be, and a lot of that may just be the play calling, and a lot of it has to be the offensive line. You know, they, uh, the the thing that you've seen so far is just been throwing the ball so short, and I think there's been that criticism off and on for the last couple of years. I mean, Mark Trestman lost his job because he was calling too many short passing plays. But I mean, you look at that Ravens team, and it's not just a Joe Flacco problem. It's just a, a a weird situation. They've had 16 players now on injured reserve. Think about it. We're three weeks into the season, and 16 players are down for the season with injuries. You know, they don't have great 
situation at wide receivers. Now, you know, I mean, you, you can see that, uh, you know, Jeremy McLean, uh, Macklin has been on a concussion co- protocol, but he's going to be able to play Mike Wallace. I mean, you saw Mike Wallace up close and personal. They, you don't get the same Mike Wallace that was there in Pittsburgh. You know, just, there's just something missing there. There's no, it's a little bit of a running game, but the offensive line, the two guards, particularly Marshall Yanda, he's out for the season. So there's just so many missing parts. And so this is going to be an interesting test because the, the series against the Pittsburgh Steelers is one of the best rivalries in football, and they usually respond pretty well. But if they don't respond and lose, this could be a tough season for the Ravens. If the Packers don't make the Super Bowl or do very, very well this season, do you see jobs being on the line in the front office and the coaching staff? No, I don't, because I think that uh, you know the, the way things are in that front office, I mean, they, they believe in Ted Thompson, they believe in Mike McCarthy, and they should, because there's a great continuity that both have. You know, again, Super Bowls are you know sometimes tough to get to. Uh, it'll be disappointing because I mean, here you have one of the best quarterbacks you know in the game. They have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, and he's only been able to get to the one Super Bowl win. And so uh, it'd be disappointing. But I mean, you can see a lot of things kind of going wrong. I mean, right now they're down two offensive tackles, uh, you know, with injury, and they don't have any depth whatsoever. Because I know I was on the sidelines for the Packers uh, season opener, and the only guy that had any experience behind anybody else was Jason Spriggs, the second-round pick from a year ago. He had two games where he played at guard. Well, he's now out for the season with an injured, on injured reserve. And then now uh, there's nobody else to replace. So you know, I, I think that they're good enough, but I don't know if they're still going to be able to make the Super Bowl. All right, John. Well, I know you got the uh, you got the Sunday night game this weekend as the Seahawks are hosting Indianapolis. Enjoy the weekend of games, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, should be fun. All right, John. There you go. John Clayton. Every week, the only place you get to ask your questions straight up to John Clayton. Presented by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. All right. There I, you have uh, it. I got, a, I got a little bit of a feeling that if JC was in that interview with Timmons yesterday, he would have said, uh, look, I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of a big deal around here. Don't F with me and answer my damn question. I will cut he you. He seems like a little bit of a softy. I will cut you. You think he would have followed up with, with I But I think he's got you. bodies in his basement. I think, I think he's got yeah. bodies in his basement. Yeah, I think he ends it with, I will cut you. And then Tim Mintz goes ahead and answers his question. Mm-hmm. He yeah. goes, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of like the wolf, Clayton. Big time. He's like the wolf. Big time. All right. Tonight, Romberg, maybe slim, who knows. We'll be doing. Uh, we'll be fulfilling humiliation outside Marlins Park. Make sure you go check him out. He's be holding up a sign begging Jeffrey Loria not to sell the team. He will be fulfilling humiliation tonight. Tomorrow morning, we'll make our humiliation pool picks for this coming week number four. Coming up next, Lebetard Show. Dan tells you how many games he thinks the Cleveland Cavaliers will win this year. Next, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.